The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. Did you know that sexual sin is rampant, apparently, and that gay politicians are going to hell if they don't seek forgiveness? These are just some of the views of a retired priest who's getting a lot of airtime today across the country on the back of a controversial sermon that he made in Listowel County Kerry at the weekend. I'm not sure how seriously we should actually be taking it. But for the Tim Hazelwood from the Association of Catholic Priests, and we have asked you to join us because of a survey that you've done about the population of priests and what that means for future trends in the Catholic Church. Would you think that this will be something regarded by the public as typical of the way all priests think. That's the danger, Matt. You know, um, it's a long time since we had something like this, uh, to be honest, um, because that kind of discourse has gone out of kind of the mainstream talk in the church. There's a lot more. And, and, and I think it comes from the attitude of Pope Francis, who says we don't judge. And like our conversation, and he promotes conversations that are tolerant, where you listen, um, when there's respect, you know. Um, so I think it's uh, upsetting to hear that. And I think the background, this man is not a priest of the Diocese of Kerry. He's a retired man who came back from, Kerry, from America for whatever reason years ago. And, and it, it has to do with the, the, the survey, actually, that we had, because the parish priest wanted to go on a pilgrimage with his parishioners, and he was looking around the place. Could he find anyone to fill in for him? And he picked this man, and this is what happened, you know. So it's not typical of priests and priest attitudes. See, it strikes me that, you know, the role of a priest in Irish society was really emphasised recently in Creesla and County Donegal when you Mm. had that appalling tragedy Mm. and so many lives lost. And the local parish priest played a very important role as social counsellor, I suppose you could say in many respects, in trying to help all the bereaved and those who are suffering as a result, that there is a role there for the priest in Irish society still, even if observance at religious ceremonies Mm. has declined. Or would you agree with that? I would completely. I I would completely. There are situations that are constantly uh, happening in parishes and people see the priest as somebody that they could talk to uh, and engage with about maybe some issue or some situation and families that they want to talk about. And a very important role in the sacraments. Like, people don't practice as they used to, but they still want their, those sacramental moments. Now, the reason sometimes might be dubious, but for some it is important. And I think we have a huge role, a positive role, and it's, it's situations there that we can preach the gospel. You know, if nobody's coming and we hunt them away, like, this man has done probably more to, to stop practice than anybody else, you know, in a long time. What does it mean by dubious reasons for people? Is that sort of like, uh, you know, so sort of communion's been done because yeah, it's a thing in the school? Well, you, you hear anecdotally now, you know, that people, it has happened that they skip the church for the party, you know, that they want. And often, I, know, I notice, I say in baptisms and sometimes in weddings, it's to satisfy the older generation. And that's okay, too. You know, that's, we, you know, that's our chance to preach the gospel. So they mightn't, a lot of, of the couples they get married now mightn't practice. And, but they want a blessing, which is nice as well.
Tell us about your survey. What is the age profile? I mean, are we facing a situation in the future where there are going to be large swathes of the country that won't have that priest available to them? Absolutely, and it's very imminent. Like we found that there was is that 2,650 churches or mass centres around, and there are 2,116 priests. And uh, 15% are over 75. We've over 300 priests, over 75 still working. Over 75. You know, in the next, in the next um, 15 years, a quarter of all priests will retire. The numbers in seminary, like, I think, and seminary could be seven, eight years, 50 for the whole of Ireland. So it's drastic, you know, um, and it's going to come quicker than we expect. That's what other religious congregations have found, that, you know, they plan a tenure, and it, it comes in five, not ten. So we did it because there were no statistics available. Some people contacted us wanting to know, and we said, look, let's find out. And it's, it wasn't very scientific. We're not sociologists. We, we contacted each diocese and had a little survey. And in one of the dioceses, I think your home diocese in Cork, there were... When we did the survey, we got the figures. Next thing, 10 priests retired. Extra. You know, so the trend is heading in that direction. Tim, stay on the line. I want to bring in the theologian Gina Menzies. Mm. Gina, what do you think the future is for the Catholic Church in Ireland if it has a shortage of priests who administer? And that might be large swathes of the country would only see a priest occasionally. Hello, Gina? you hear me? We can hear you now, thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you, Matt, and hello, Father Tim. The hello. word that I think is interesting is ministry. I think the whole area of ministry in the Catholic Church needs to be re-examined and redefined. And I think, you know, organisations like the Association of Catholic Priests, and particularly the recent synodal documents, do focus on that. I mean, ministry, and I, I totally accept what, what Father Tim is saying about, you know, at times of trouble, and particularly in Creslo, um, uh, it, it is the priest who often holds the community uh, together uh, in prayer and, and with hope. But I think ministry is a much broader understanding than that. And if you look at the ministry of Jesus in the Bible, I mean, he, he didn't actually ordain anybody, but he was surrounded by many people and a huge number of women who ministered in different ways. So I think the church of the future will be um, a, a local church based on very much on local autonomy, identifying the needs of the people and, and, their, and matching those needs with the kind of ministry that's necessary. And that will be different across the world. And it's really interesting that the recent document that's gone to Rome, which is a compilation of all the synodal meetings around the world, across all the continents, uses words like, um, in, enlarging your tent, it would really apply to that priest in Kerry. It talks about enlarging your tent so everybody can enter. And it talks about the word that I really liked that jumped off the page was a radical inclusivity. So it's suggesting a different way of being church. Um, there will be less priests, I think Father Tim and everybody acknowledges that. But there will be a need for more ministries and ministries of different kinds. So I think, you know, the general recognition, and particularly in the Western world, that a clerical church um, is gone. Um, but but Gina, Gina, would that suggest then that that has to be the role for women and for married men? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And again, this recent document, I mean, it, it's really heartening in its honesty and it, re it reflects what was said in sin is throughout the whole, if you like, Catholic world. And, you know, women is jumping off the pages. It jumps out of all the synodal meetings. You know, women have been 
I think, you know, invisible in the church in plain sight because women generally are the ones who are, are more prevalent in congregations, who do a lot of the other um, matters in the church, who serve the, the local community, but without recognition. And most women don't want recognition. But I think, the, you know, the notion of examining what is needed and finding the ministries or building the ministries, because many, I mean, they say, you know, a woman, can, a woman couldn't preach in church. And tomorrow morning, if somebody asked to preach in church, I have no training in that. I mean, I've studied theology, but I've no training in preaching. So it isn't even a question of, you know, suddenly substituting one for the other or suddenly having, you know, ordained women similar to ordained men. To my mind, that won't work either, though I totally do support the call of women who feel called to priesthood. But there, alongside that priesthood, there has to be a re-examination and a reconfiguration of the ministry that's necessary for the world that we live in today. Okay, I just want to finish by going back to you, Father Tim Hazelwood from the Association of Catholic Priests, because we're getting a few text messages in from listeners who are saying that the Catholic Church still regards homosexuality as a sin, that homosexual acts should not be engaged in, and that as a result, uh, this guy, Father Sean Shee, he was actually setting down or preaching what actually is the position of the Catholic Church. Is that correct? Well, I would just maybe take a broad view before answering that. It's to be very used to say yes or a no to that. The reality is that church teaching in the past has changed. The, our view of the universe, of the Catholic Church's view, was set one time. They got it wrong. They changed. Our view of our world they changed. People were excommunicated at the time. And modern science and psychology are teaching us a different view of the human person, human sexuality. And those discussions are happening within the church. And the, the, the teaching, I believe, will change. And I think, I think practice will change at first. That's the way it's going to change. A lot of gay people now feel more welcome in church and come to church and openly come to church and are welcome and are accepted. And I think it's but, true. But, but the are they being told that they're sinners and that they need to atone for their sin? Oh, no. I, I, like, sorry, uh, absolutely not, if I might no. come in there. I mean, Father Tim is right. Church teaching has changed profoundly uh, throughout the times. I mean, even something like slavery, which the church didn't mm. oppose till very late in the day. But I mean, take something like a, um, that's quite topical, really, the whole issue of marriage. Well, the Second Vatican Council had a very profound statement about, if you like, what marriage was about. And it said it was about procreation, but it was also about the love between the couple. Now, that really sounds very simple, and we take it for granted now. But at the time when that was said in the documents of the Second Vatican Council, it was quite revolutionary. So uh, it does show that the Church's teaching has changed in many areas over time. And as well as looking at you know, what Scripture says, because Scripture didn't, doesn't talk about organ transplants, for example. So you have to look at the values that Scripture proposes, the values that Jesus proposed, which, you know, we're about love, we're about justice, we're about peace, we're about reconciliation, and say, if that's the values, if that's the mission statement of the church, of the Christian churches, how do we transpose that into how we live today? And I think that's where we're at now. And I think we cannot ignore you know, the sciences of biology and uh, all the other sciences in formulating church teaching. It's church teaching, and church teaching changes and has changed. That might be something that one or two people texting into this programme need to be told more about. Thank you very much, Gina Menzies and Father Tim Hazelwood from the Association of Catholic Priests. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.